Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business, and shine neon bright online. I built a multi-six-figure business in under two years and, more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five- and six-figure launches, tripled their income, and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life, and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift. Today, I've got a guest for you, a very, very special guest, my friends. I am introducing you to my incredible right-hand woman, online business manager of the world, (laughs) Nivek Harrison. Before I share a little bit about Nivek, I just wanted to share how excited I am for you listening to this episode right now of all the requests that we've had, which we are uh, working our way through this year. I have had more requests than anything else about what type of systems we use, what kind of team I have, how I'm supported, what the back end of my business looks like. And so today I'm really, really excited to essentially take you behind the scenes into the back end of Swift Ventures and share with you exactly how we run this business and the systems and the structures and the tech that we are using right now to build this business to a seven-figure business. And to help me do that, I have brought along the person who knows more than I do at this point about the back end of my business, and that is Nivek Harrison, my incredible online business manager. I hired Nivek last year, just before I started the first ever round of the Swift Marketing Mastermind about a year and a half ago. And she came into the business at a time when we were scaling incredibly quickly. We were transitioning completely out of one-to-one and moving into a program-only business. And Nivek came in and has really um, supported me to make this business her own in so many ways and transform this business to what it is today. And I can honestly tell you that her role and her contribution uh, every single day to this business is just like nothing else. I am so grateful for her. Uh, And you're going to hear why in this episode, the way that she talks about her work, the way she talks about her passion and dedication to uh, Swift Ventures and to our clients is incredible. So let me give you a bit of an official introduction on Nivek. Then I'm going to share with you one more important thing before we dive into this episode. So Nivek or Niv is an online business manager and the owner of Emeralds and Empires, a virtual support agency for soul-led coaches, course creators, and consultants who want to transition and elevate their business through the power of leveraged systems. Nivek is passionate about supporting business owners to show up and deliver their magic with the support of incredible team structures and systems. After training with the Beautiful You Coaching Academy and building a successful life coaching business, Nivek quickly found her passion in all things technology and people and supporting other entrepreneurs to build their dream businesses. Her signature framework of strategy, systems, and soul is designed to create business and life-changing outcomes, all while taking care of the behind the scenes of business. Now, I just want to quickly let you know about something incredible that is coming before we jump on into this episode. I am so excited to officially invite you to my free training that is coming up, kicking off the 15th of Feb, the Scale to Six series. 
Over three days in this program, I am going to take you through the essential six skills that you need to cultivate if you desire to build a six-figure business. Because in my experience, having coached hundreds of women, I truly believe that you aren't born with a specific uniqueness or something special that puts you in a category of someone who is going to be quote unquote successful as a CEO, but rather that it's the people that do generate six figures that have cultivated a really specific set of skills. And I'm going to share with you what those skills are and how you can build them too. They are literally the skills that everyone I've ever coached has every peer around me that has built a six or seven figure business also has, and the skills that I personally cultivated myself. So I'm incredibly excited to share this free training with you. If you've been to any of my trainings or challenges, you know that I leave it all on the table and I uh, give it my all and I share fully wholeheartedly and in a really big way. (laughs) So come on over and sign up for free at www.elliswift.com forward slash scale to six series. And we'll pop that link in the show notes as well. I'm going to shut up now and hand over to this interview and Nivek. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. There are so many ways that I could start this conversation. And I think the easiest thing for everyone is going to be if we kick off by giving like a bit of an overview of our systems within our business. So Niv, can you just chat through like, what are the key systems that we use in our business as a bit of an overview for everyone? Amazing. So I want to start by differentiating systems and process versus tech and platforms, because I think so many people get so confused on what's what. So the way that I think of it is that a process is obviously the steps that we take to do a thing. A system is a combination of different processes. And then we have technology, software, platforms that support it. I think that um, that is so useful to differentiate. And if, because obviously we're kicking off with this, if anyone's listening at this point and you're like, okay, I don't know how that's relevant to my business. What I'm sure we can talk through as well is then how that looks in terms of like our project management. Absolutely. So then we use Asana for project management. And so do you want to talk a little bit about that and yeah, any other tools that we use and how we then set up those systems and processes within those tools? So our entire business lives in Asana, right? It's not just a project management tool that we whip out when we're doing a launch. Swift Ventures runs in Asana. It's how we do everything. I am even going to reframe that to say my entire life <laughs> lives in Asana. So Navek knows this, but we have uh, like there is a project in there that is for my wedding. There's a project in there that is, and I think Che and I spoke about this on our podcast episode. There's one in there that's like Che and Ellie life admin. Everything that. lives in there as well as everything in the business. It's true. It makes my project management heart just so happy to hear that because like it's so true. We all have like a million and one different to-do lists floating around and everything becomes so much simpler when it's all in one place. And there's no reason business and life have to be completely separate. So yes, our everything, our lives <laughs> live in Asana, but that's how we run the business. That's how we document everything. It's our main communication platform. So we don't use another third-party tool like a Slack or anything like that because our big aim is to keep our tech stack quite simple. We don't want to add in pieces of technology just for the sake of it. We don't want to add in more monthly subscriptions just for the joy of it. So we use the tools we have to make it work. So we have projects for everything that's going on in the business, whether that is the Swift Marketing Mastermind or this podcast or just our goals for the year, general to-do items. They all exist in Asana as projects. And then the communication that relates to that then lives in Asana as well. So everyone's always on the same page about what's happening. 
Yeah, and I think that's a really good thing to note is that for a lot of businesses, when you're starting to hire a team or maybe you've already got a fully-fledged team, I definitely have clients where they like to use other third-party tools like Slack or Voxer to communicate. And so for Team Swift, for our business, the way that we like to run things is exactly like Niv said before, we like to keep it so that there is that essentially just making it so, so easy for us to be able to communicate every single day. And I know that for me, my aim is to always be in the things that I'm good at, which is coaching, creating, and writing content. None of those things live within communications platforms. So our aim is always that we're creating really amazing processes within within those systems. And in doing so, we actually are communicating less. That said, I would say there's a really great culture in terms of our communication, but we're not chatting all day, every day, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think particularly when you're building remote teams and you might have people working for you that are only doing a few hours a week, having a dedicated platform just for communication can just present another challenge. It's just another thing that people have to log into on a daily or every two days or whatever that looks like for you and things get missed. So for us, everybody in Team Swift knows that when I start work for Team Swift on any given day of the week, Asana is my go-to and then that'll tell me where I need to go from there. And it just makes everything so much easier, right? Because we don't have to check 3,000 different systems before we get started. So much easier. And I did an Instagram post about this the other day, but I think that when you are the CEO of your business and you're running any kind of business, actually, that your single most important priority each and every morning is to check in with your team. And this is something that can easily be confused because we might go, actually, our most important priority is to check in with our clients first and foremost, or our most important priority is to, you know, generate new clients or create content to generate new clients. But actually when you're focused inwards first to out, so you're focused on the epicenter of your business, the heart of your business, which is your team, and you're creating that conversation camaraderie together first and foremost, then you're mobilizing everyone within that team to be able to go out and work in collaboration together to then do the things that you want to do, which is serve your clients really well, bring in new clients. Because I know that for me, I need Team Swift support to be able to do those things. For example, you support me to serve our clients incredibly well. Kirsty supports us to be able to create and engage in terms of content. You know, we, it very much takes the team effort first and foremost. And so I so agree with you having the ability to go into Asana every single morning, first and foremost, and go, okay, Within Asana, we then are able to work out exactly what our priorities are for today. Something else, we mentioned other chat platforms, and I feel like we should just talk to Voxer really quickly. So do you want to chat to that one as well? Yeah, sure. So the other communication channel we use is Voxer. We don't use email because we're all so busy in our inboxes that, in all honesty, if we're emailing each other, things are probably going to get lost. So The things that live in Asana are very task orientated. I have a question about how to do a specific task or a timeline, or I'm looking for a supporting resource. Voxer is then a place for us to just talk things through, bounce ideas off each other, and also just communicate more urgently should the need ever arise. With the business growing so fast now, we're not always in Asana all day long. So we know that Voxer is the platform we've got to say, hey, this specific task that I've left in Asana for you is more pressing or is more urgent right now, or I need an answer on this thing. So it helps us really balance the different channels without having to, you know, put a red star next to something in Asana to say, this is the urgent thing. Do we have red stars in Asana? Uh, They've got a priority system, but like it won't sort by priority anyway. (laughs) So they're testing it. It may change. I love that description so much. And I'll just say the thing that Niv is being way too kind to say right now, which is that Voxer is really great for when I'm bottlenecking things. (laughs) (laughs) And Niv needs to reach out to me and be like, hey, we need to action this right now. Okay, awesome. So we've covered Asana and Voxer. 
Is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of the tools and then therefore the systems? I think they're the big tools that we use. Then obviously we've got the platforms that the business is delivered on. So whether that's Kajabi for our courses, our checkout software, ConvertKit for email marketing, like we've got all of those. But the thing I would add is we're really intentional when we choose these platforms. Like I said earlier, we only want to be on platforms and using tools that we need to use. We don't want to be adding in something just for the joy of adding in something. And we always pick things that we know are going to work well within our existing environment. We don't want to pick something that is just going to add more steps to the process because it's the shiny object of the moment. Very much so. I so agree with that. Simplicity is so key for us in the business. And I think as well, just adding to that, you and I have both seen how easy it can be to ramp up subscriptions. And in fact, I know there's been times where we might have finished a big launch period and we need to come together and do a bit of a Q and review of like, okay, did we add any tools or was there anything that we implemented that we need to stop or cancel or change now because it can be so easy especially when you're scaling quickly and you're in the moment to be able to yeah to subscribe to something new that's a really quick fix and so I guess we're not saying that subscriptions are bad but we are saying just be really mindful about what you're using and also whether it's something you really need does that feel true for you? So true. I think particularly when we're new entrepreneurs, we jump onto everything that our mentors are talking about. It's like they mentioned this platform, so I'm going to sign up for it. And then six months down the line, we're not using it, but we haven't cancelled it either because it's just $20 a month. Particularly when you're an Australian, $20 US a month adds up pretty quickly once you add in the conversion rate. So yeah, I think it's just about being super intentional and making sure that everything we have is being used and used to its fullest potential as well. Absolutely. Yes. Which is, I mean, Asana is just such a great example of that. I think that we use it. I mean, we're on the free version of Asana. Exactly. Yeah. We're on the free version of Asana. (laughs) We're running a million dollar business on a free version of Asana. Don't listen, Asana. If you're listening, (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) but we haven't needed it, right? I know there's been times where we've had conversations of, do we need to upgrade this? And you're like, not really, (laughs) which I love. There's nothing we've hit that we can't do. Yes. I'm sure there are some little things that we're doing manually, like assigning a task onto somebody else after we've done our piece in it. But to be honest, it works for us because we're getting a bigger picture view than just this one itty task. Totally agree with that. Are there any other tools you want to talk about? I think we covered them all, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, the only other thing is Gmail, G Drive, because of course, everybody is using that. And of course, so much of the the information and the content within our business lives in that, but we tend not to use the comments or anything in that as our communication, as our action, we'll link to the documents or whatever it is in Google Drive back in Asana. Exactly. Even if, uh, so we still have inboxes. So we have my email and then we've also got a support at Ellie Swift email, which Nivek and now Tanya will be running, um, who's our virtual assistant within the business. And what we find is I still very much will on share things with the request for you to reply to them. But if there's anything that's really important in there or really immediate, then it will also become an Asana task because And I think that this is probably the biggest thing to get across from this first conversation is that Asana is our, it's everything for us. And it just works so, so well because it means that we've got that one space to house absolutely everything. We all know how it works. There's other options other than Asana. I have found personally, I've used Trello before and I've just found that Asana is the bomb.com. And it's the bomb.com even though it's free, which is always just an added bonus, right? Like I have no doubt there are amazing project management platforms out there that you would pay for and have another subscription for. And some businesses need that. But for the way that we work, Asana is is exactly what we need right now. That may change. <laughs> okay, so can you now, let's switch gears a little bit because I'd really love to know 
what you believe is most important for an online business to nail or get really right in the back end of their businesses so that they can scale. So really mindful right now that we're talking to people who are just starting out in business through to people who are at a stage where they're building million dollar businesses. And so I'd love to know whether it feels universal for no matter what stage you're at, if there's one thing that you really recommend people focusing on or whether it varies throughout multiple stages in business. Absolutely. I think there are some universal things that no matter what stage you're at should always be a focus. And the big one for me is having your systems and processes documented. I think when we start out, particularly, you know, it's just us, it's our little baby as a business owner, we feel like we know how to do everything. And we do. We've built it ourselves. We've often taught ourselves how to use all the different platforms and all the things that we want to do in our business. But the reason that I say that even at that level, you need to start documenting those processes is a couple of different things. So the first one is it's just going to make it super easy to onboard somebody when you do decide to make that first hire because you're not going to have to scramble around to create the processes to teach them. It's all just there ready to go. But probably the bigger and more important one is it just, it's about creating space to do the more fun things, to be more creative. Because when we don't have things documented, whether it's how we publish a blog post on WordPress or how often we publish content on social media or how we onboard our clients, when we're retaining all of that in our brain, it takes up all of this space without even realizing it. And they're often the things that wake you up in the middle of the night with like, oh, did I tick that button when I, you know, did I tick that box when I published something on my blog last night? When you have it documented, your brain actually gets some space to switch off a little bit and relax. That space is where the creativity and the fun and the flow can come from, which makes business much more enjoyable, right? It's such a good point because for so many of us, we are starting the business as solopreneurs, which means that we have our brain in so many different facets of business. So I remember there being a time when I was doing my own Facebook ads, all my own organic marketing, my own bookkeeping. I taught myself how to use zero in the same time I'm running advanced ad campaigns whilst coaching a client, you know, all these different, uh, like a lot of task switching and a lot of information, as you say. And so if you are at a point where that's you, know that we've all been there and it's not a bad thing because it actually makes you such a great CEO when you have a baseline understanding of all facets of your business. But what is essential is, as you say, is being able to then document that process. And I'd actually not even thought about it in that way, to be honest, so that not only is it easier for you to hand over when that time comes, but so that you're not holding on to it all the time. It's so true. And can I just add to that? Because I know for me, I I didn't do this well from the early days. And I know when you came on board a little over a year ago now, there were so many processes that I didn't have in the business. I would say that there were, um, yeah, not a lot at all. We had Asana established and I had the structure of the business very much set up, but we didn't have a lot of those processes documented. And I think for me, a lot of the resistance to that was that I thought that I had to spend an hour on some kind of fancy Word document when actually all I needed to do was spend two minutes recording a Loom video. And that's the thing, right? Like I think we think of, processes or then you start hearing the term standard operating procedures or SOPs and it feels so fancy but it also sounds complicated and we feel like we're missing something when the reality is sometimes it's just the four steps and it gets to be as simple as that so we use a combination of Asana and we keep our processes in Asana and like Ellie said those Loom videos to actually just record it talk through it um, and then maybe add a couple of notes to support that it's not a convoluted complex thing to create those procedures for your business. Great universal theme. Are there any other universal things that you would recommend? Yeah, that would be the big one. And then I would say once you've sort of got that, and let's face it, we're not perfect. We definitely have processes in Swift Ventures that are not documented. I've got processes in my own business that are not documented. I don't think there is any business owner who would say that every single 
thing in their business is documented and up to date, even if it is documented. So I think we'll have hundreds. Like we will have hundreds (laughs) when we get to that point. (laughs) We will. will, And that's okay. (laughs) That's totally fine. It takes out all of the second guessing of like, oh, how much do I want to spend on this client gift? And where am I going to buy it from? And what do I write on the card this time? Because you've got at least the framework down on paper. Let's talk then about, yeah, any other, I guess, business strategies that are important for different stages. So processes being that key one universally. What about when you're scaling? Is there anything that you see being of crucial importance when you start bringing on team or when your business is at a certain level? So I think there's a few really important things around bringing on team. And the big one is we never want to micromanage our people. It's not an enjoyable experience at either end. It's not enjoyable to have to micromanage someone and it's not enjoyable to be micromanaged. And I think the best team members thrive when they have ownership of their space, whether that is the bookkeeping, it's a virtual assistant, a graphic designer, an online business manager, when they know their role and responsibilities. But more importantly, you as a business owner are sharing the big picture vision why we need them, what their impact is, why their role is so important, that's when we get to see people really show up and thrive in those roles. And that's true regardless of the level of virtual assistant you're hiring or how much you're paying somebody. Everybody thrives better working in that environment. So I think when you're building your team, keeping in mind that it's not about just giving them a task. It's about bringing them on the journey with you as a really integral member of your business. Thank you for speaking to that because I think that this is where a lot of people go wrong. And I don't think that like it, it makes sense that this is where a lot of people go wrong because I think that we've got really, really bad examples from our corporate world of how teams are created and that leadership still has a really long way to go. Something that we do in Team Swift, and this was never a, a model that I shared. It's just something that we naturally do. And now I share it with new people that we bring on board is that everybody in Team Swift is just as important as one another. And we are all operating in, I guess you could use that word flat structure or, you know, we're operating as a collaborative team. And so that might mean that there's times when Niv as OBM, I mean, Niv's doing most of the briefing, but Niv as OBM is briefing, uh, you know, me, briefing Kirsty, briefing Tanya. There might be times when Tanya is briefing Niv on something. There's definitely times when everyone's briefing me and there is no one person who is more important or more senior or uh, anything like that within our business. And it's just so wonderful because it means that everyone can feel valued and, and seen and recognize the importance and priority of their role. Because the truth is, is that we need every single role within our business for it to run because I'm so mindful of who we hire. I never, ever care for being a company where it's like, oh, we have 20 team members. Like who fucking cares? It's not about the number of team members. It's about the way in which we work together and uh, the quality of team and all of those things. And so I'm really grateful that you shared that because I think that just really trusting your team is so incredibly important. And when you're demonstrating that trust, it allows everyone to do a really great job. Yeah, exactly. And I think I certainly see it in the agencies. We see business owners who are almost reluctant to share that vision with like, oh, they're just scheduling an email. They're just scheduling social posts. They don't need to know. But those tasks, and we have VAs who love doing those things, but those tasks are more enjoyable when you've got the bigger picture behind you, when you know that there's a purpose to doing the task, that it's not just being done for the sake of doing it. Definitely. I wrote down our big picture goals for the company for this year and shared them with our team. And uh, I know that some of the resistance to sharing it with team can often be uh 
simply because it feels scary for the business leader or the CEO to be like, okay, these are the, these are the goals that we're working towards. It's almost makes it more real if you're sharing in that accountable way with your team, because you know that they're going to be laser focused on that as well with you. But yeah, you're so right. It always baffles me when when leaders aren't sharing that information with team, because when you do, it's like, cool, we get to do this together. We get to travel this road together. It instantly feels more fun and more enjoyable and creates purpose around absolutely everything that's happening. Exactly. It's so important. So I cannot state that enough is that bringing your people on your journey with you, the same way we bring our clients and our social media followers on that journey with us. And sometimes there's nothing worse than being a member of a team and seeing it announced on social media before you're told, oh, we've hit this big milestone and then finding out later in the back end like, oh, we did. Sharing those wins with your team first alongside the goals and alongside the struggles is what really cements that culture of we're all working on this. We're not just all doing individual tasks. And that's such a good reminder for me because I like to think that I do that. I know there's been times when I've voxed you something where I'm like, I'm about to share this on socials yes. <laughs> and I want you to know first, obviously, but it's so useful to hear that just to have that top of mind because it's always an intention of mine, but I think it's just really easy for us to forget those things. However, when we are looking at our business through that lens that I shared at the top of the call of our team are first and foremost at the epicenter of our business, we're going to be far less likely to forget those things. Exactly. And I mean, even now, so we have fortnightly catch-ups as Team Swift and we kick those conversations off with what is something everyone's celebrating in the business? Because it's not just about how many sales we've made or how much money we're bringing in. Everybody's doing something that contributes. So whether it's, hey, we've finally cleaned up this process or we've transitioned out of this piece of software or I'm super proud of this new design that we've brought forward for this piece of work, celebrating those little things as a team as well is so, so crucial to the culture we have. Completely agree. Love that so much. Is there anything else that you want to share around team? I would say the big one, particularly when you start looking and you're scaling to those multi-six and seven-figure levels is that the processes do become super important because things happen right people get sick people go on holidays we want our people to go on holidays I can think of nothing worse than building my team based on the premise of I'm building a business to suit my lifestyle but none of you can have a lifestyle you have to be available 24 7 Having those things documented means that people can go on leave, people can get sick and the business doesn't fall down. And that's true for you as the CEO or a virtual assistant or your social media manager. It's almost more critical at that stage to keep the business running. I was just thinking then about, you know, transitioning into the reaching for the one mil mark, which is where we're at at the moment. And so everything that we're doing in our business is making sure that we have million dollar systems, million dollar structures, million dollar team, all of those things. And for me, I'm constantly thinking, is this a million dollar decision? Is it like just everything is through that million dollar mindset. And when I think about what we're doing in the back end this year, you're so spot on. It's solidifying all of the things that we've been doing since day one, but just really tightening them up and making them better. We're not amplifying things or um, adding in bells and whistles. We're actually doing the opposite. We're streamlining, solidifying, making sure that everything is really watertight. And that's a sign of maturity as an entrepreneur, right, is to stop throwing everything at the wall and hoping something sticks, but knowing what works really well. So, like, I, I love this example so much. Last year we bought in new cart software, new checkout software to the business, and I've set it all up, I've built it out, and Ali hasn't really been much in it as far as the setup piece. <laughs> Just to check the I results. know where this is going. You know exactly where this <laughs> is going. <laughs> and then I took some time off over Christmas, New Year, and we were sort of, we knew January was going to be a busy month, that we were opening enrollment for the Mastermind and the Swift Inner Circle as well, and... Ali decided to set it all up on the back end while I was still on leave. And the reason she was able to do that is because 
it was all documented. There were loom videos to go through step by step. And it's not to say you couldn't have figured it out on your own because you would have. It would have taken me like two days though. I think you're being very generous. Let me just butt in with the real story there. The processes were so exceptional. So Niv had done these amazing loom videos and you know, this is not surprising because you create incredible processes, but they were just so clear and concise. And I realized have I totally hijacked this story? No, you're okay. fine. <laughs> I realized as I was going through it, it's like, oh shit, this is a way bigger process than I realized. And it was actually really useful for me to go through that process so that I have an idea of when I'm briefing Niv on, you know, and it's never actually me briefing you whenever you're just creating what it is that we need. Doing the things. Doing the things. I, I have an understanding of like, what that looks like and how long that process takes. And so I'm I'm always mindful to still know enough in the back end because I think that helps anyone be a better CEO or a better leader. If you're briefing in and you have no idea what that entails ever, it's not going to be a great thing because your expectations might become a little bit off. Um, but this particular piece of software, like you say, it was new. I kind of hadn't got my hands dirty with it at all. And I went in there. I was like, shit, there is so much to this. But your process is amazing. I did it in about 10 minutes. And then Niv came back after Christmas to a message from me being like, I am so proud of you and of me. (laughs) Because this was amazing. And I managed to do it so quickly. And it would have taken me days to work it out. Uh, So, yeah, I love that example as well. I'm really sorry I hijacked your story. No, you're totally fine. But, like, that's the point. Like we never want to build processes that we can't do ourselves. It's been really important to me in the way I've built my business and the way that I work with my clients is that I never want to hold all the keys to someone's business. It doesn't feel good. Even back when I was doing web design, like that came with, here's the training on how to do this yourself. Because I see so many entrepreneurs and I hear these horrid stories of like, oh, my designer built my website and now in order to change this one little bit of text, I have to pay them again. And it's like, as business owners, we want to continue to own our businesses. So it's really important that everybody in the team is sharing that knowledge. Something that I I remember learning once from, I think it was a um, Brooke Castillo who was teaching it on the Life School Uh, the Life Coach School podcast, she was talking about something that really stuck with me, which is that when you are the business owner, it's not fair for you to hand over something to someone expecting them to find the answers. So it's your role as the business owner to create the strategy or determine what something needs to look like. It doesn't mean you need to know the process. It doesn't mean you need to know everything, but asking somebody to do something completely blind that you would have no idea even where to start on is not a great way to run a business. So I'm just thinking as an example, I would never hire a marketing manager and go, Hey, can you just create a strategy for us and then implement it with no brief, with no information, with no background on what we wanted in the same way I would never say to you, Hey, I think we're going to launch this. Can you just create all of that? Like there always needs to be that clarity from the business owner around what's happening. Otherwise you're really setting up your team to fail. And I, with everything I'm talking about, I'm definitely not benchmarking myself as perfection in any way because there could so be times where I have done that. I don't know, blind spots, right? But I think that that's important to aim not to do that, to always be thinking about is what I'm asking feasible? Is what I'm asking possible? Is what I'm asking something where I'm giving my team member the best chance of success? Yeah. It's almost like you Sometimes you need to do it yourself. You need to know what the task looks like, what the process looks like, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's where we grow so much as entrepreneurs when we are in that solopreneur phase of doing all the things because we know and we also get to learn what we're not good at. And then when we find, you know, that right fit person for the team and things start taking less time or things just the outcome is better or improved in any way, shape or form, we've got that standard of like 
I thought I was doing a good job, but you've just totally blown me out of the water with this as opposed to I've never touched it. You've probably done a great job, but I've got no idea what a great job even looks like. It's true. And let's speak to the other side of that for a second, Mm -hmm. which is something I hear a lot from my clients is no one's going to do it as, as good as I can. What are your thoughts on that first and foremost? First and foremost, have been there. Like I would definitely consider myself a recovering perfectionist most days of the week. Some days I am still 100% living in my perfectionism. But the reality is it's not about doing it better because people probably can't do it as well as you expect yourself to do. A lot of us, let's call a spade a spade, we come into entrepreneurship as high achievers with high expectations on ourselves and what we can do. And we know what we're good at in a certain in certain respects as well. But it's never about finding somebody who can be the best because there's always going to be somebody better than that. There's always going to be somebody who can design a better graphic, edit a better podcast, write better copy. It's about finding the people who you trust to do it well. I so agree with that. I also think being open-minded to the fact that actually team can do it better than you. And there are so many things, for example, that you do a million times better than me when it comes to your entire job, basically. Like you do it a million times better than me. And I think that it can be almost like egoic thinking in thinking that we do everything better. And actually that thinking's really not serving us in any way. It's a um, massive um, excuse not to hire and not to expand. And in some cases, it's just that excuse that allows us to continue playing small. There's nobody who could do it as well as me, so I'm not going to hire a team member. And by not hiring a team member, I can't take on more clients because I don't have more hours in my day. So, yeah, it, it totally snowballs and it's such an easy one to hide behind. And you know what? Sometimes hires go wrong, right? Like we've all made bad hires where the work isn't being done better. The work maybe isn't being done at all. And that's okay doesn't mean you stop there. It just means that you get to keep looking for that perfect fit who's going to support you in ways you didn't even know you needed. What do you think we do really well at Team Swift? We've obviously riffed on uh, a whole bunch of things and my aim is that we've shared really honestly about our back end and I think that, you know, we've both made it clear as we've been talking that we're not perfect in any way and that we're still building and developing. And I think especially when you scale reasonably quickly, which I guess we have, there's going to be times when things are really messy. And I know I've made a point of saying that before, that there are times when things look really messy in our business. When I say that, it's usually more from where I'm standing, less so from where you're standing because you've got that covered. But yeah, what what in your opinion do we do well? I think... We have quite a singular focus. We know what our goals are. We roughly know how we're going to achieve them, but still leaving spaces open for the magic and the unexpected and the creativity. But, and I think we've spoken about this heaps today, we keep the business as simple as it needs to be. We could add in the premium version of Asana or a Slack channel. We could add in more offerings we could do all of the things but we know what the goal is and as long as we continue as a team to know what that goal is everybody's working towards the same thing so true what do you think are the biggest mistakes that you see people make when it comes to their back end and I know we spoke about (laughs) systems and processes and hiring decisions is there anything where you're like people make this mistake all the time, don't do it. I think the big one is just not having it, is not having anything documented for the back end of your business. It's that mindset of I know all the answers, I hold all the keys, and it's that shift away from I know everything, I can do everything, to I'm the CEO of the business. And whether that's a CEO of one, that's fine, but the CEO knows they don't have to hold all the keys and they're never going to roadblock the business from growing. Yes. So good. My next question I'm going to ask you is one that I'm really afraid to ask, but I think that it's really important. What are my weaknesses within 
the business You're really from your put perspective. Me on the spot here, aren't you? Yeah, I, <laughs> for the record, I have no idea what Niv's saying for anything. We, I wanted this to obviously be very authentic and real. The reason why I really want to ask this is because, first and foremost, like I've said now several times, there is nothing, there's no perfection here. And also, I think I just want to give business owners a, a bit of a permission slip that you can be growing and building team and that doesn't mean you're going to get everything right as a leader. So hit me. The one that comes to mind, and it's a result of how fast we have grown over the last 12 to 18 months, is that there are more demands on your time than ever before. And that sometimes just creates roadblocks for the team. I bottleneck things. You. you bottleneck. That's the polite I bottleneck way things. <laughs> I bottleneck things a lot. And we all do it. That's like, it, it is something we all do at different stages. And it's just, it's again, taking that time to go back and go, well, is this something I need to do? Is this something somebody else in my team can do? Is this just something that I need to create a process for so I can hand over so that the business keeps moving? Because that's always the goal is we don't want to get to a point where anybody in the team is feeling like they have to work 12 hours a day to get things done. Definitely. We never want that happening. I agree with that completely. And, you know, it's it's one of the things that happens I think most frequently for CEOs when you're scaling that bottlenecking and being mindful of creating ways where you can hand things over. And I think we've made some really great team decisions recently where I'm already noticing that that's happening a little bit less. And it's a big aim for me this year to be able to stop doing that so much. It's true. I think I think we often feel as business owners, and I'm mindful that I'm speaking to you as business owner as well when I say this, that like we we would love to clone ourselves when the business is created as you, like you are somebody who is both serving in that you're coaching or you're consulting or whatever it is, and you're running the business. It would be so great at times to be able to clone yourself uh, and have the work that you're doing in the business and someone do the work that you're doing in the business and someone do the work that you're doing on the business, which of course isn't possible. And so I'm always looking at ways that I can work less in the business or be so mindful of how I spend my time in the business so that I can do more on the business. And it's, it's a real balancing act always. It is. And I think sometimes you just don't realize the things that you can outsource, particularly if you're just starting working with team members for the first time, is that should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Who is the right person to do this? Sometimes it's just a conversation to have with your team members of, hey, if moving forward, I gave you this task, how would you feel about doing it? And if there's a comfort, then it gives you a level of comfort as the business owner that you've got somebody who can help you. And again, it's just that next thing that can come off your plate. And if not, then you get to make the decision of, okay, well, I haven't got the right person right now. Do I want to continue doing this? Do we need to find somebody else to come into the team? What does that look like? Okay. So to finish this up, um, I think this is just a, a, well, I mean, it's a question I get asked all the time and I know you do too. How does somebody know when's the right time to bring on a new team member? Whether it's their first, their second, how do you know? I am a big fan, obviously, of hiring when you can. When your business is making profit and you have the ability to financially hire, that's a good time to do it because there is always things that you can take off your plate to allow you to show up as your best self, whether that is for your clients, whether that's creating content, whatever that looks like for you is as soon as you can is a fantastic time. And then the second best time to do it is today, right? (laughs) Like if you, a lot of people, I, I hear this all the time. It's like, oh, I've been thinking about it for so long. I've been thinking about hiring someone. How do I know if it's the right time? If you know the business can financially support having a team member, then it's probably getting close to being the right time. And if you've put it off for six months, that's fine. Now you get to start looking for someone. Yes. So good. Niv, is there anything that you want to finish on or anything you think that we haven't covered today? 
I feel like we've covered so much. <laughs> Me too. It's so good. I think the so the conversation Nivek and I had before this was it's really our aim that for those of you listening that you feel like you've got information that will support you to a really prioritize your systems and the back end of your business, also to prioritize your team, your team culture, and really focus on yeah, both of those back end and and team and recognize that the two will really leverage you and propel you and help you scale much faster. Yeah. And I think the big thing that I would definitely encourage everyone to take away is that there's no secret to what the back end systems of a six, seven, eight figure entrepreneur look like. They're all pretty scrappy. We're all using Google Docs to write things down. It's not that you need some fancy piece of tech to create a library of standard operating procedures, it gets to grow with you as the business grows and it gets to look however works best for your business. It's so true. Sometimes I have moments where I'm like, wow, we're running a business of this size with these couple of things. That's pretty cool. And it's true having been in other, you know, multi seven figure businesses and and seeing how that works. It's like, yep, there is no secret. So I love that you shared that, you know, everything we've shared here is literally the premise of how we run our business. There's nothing that I can think of that's important in terms of the overall structure that we haven't spoken to. So thank you so much for saying that. And for just all that you are and everything you do, you are honestly, I know I tell you this all the time because words of affirmation are my thing, (laughs) but I just love you so much. And I'm so, so grateful to have you as part of Team Swift. Straight back at you. I am so, so grateful to be a part of it. So good. Thank you all for being with us. There you have it, the back end of how we run Swift Ventures. I really, really hope that that was incredibly valuable for you. Nivek and I really aimed to be able to share uh, as much as we possibly could to help you practically uh, implement and build on your own systems and team, no matter where you're at in your business right now. I just wanted to share one more time before we wrap up in case you missed it at the start that I am going to be running an incredible free training kicking off very shortly on the 15th of Feb 2021. If you are listening to this in real time, you will not be missing this free series, uh, the Scale to Six series, where I share with you the six most important skills that you need to cultivate if you want to take your business to six figures and beyond. And as a hint, there is definitely information that we have included today that is part of this series and training. And I'm going to go into so much detail around the skills that you need to cultivate should you wish to, to build a six or even seven figure business. I cannot wait to have you with us. Uh, If you want to sign up, you can jump on over to the show notes and access that or over to the link in my bio on Instagram at Ellie H Swift, or you can jump straight on over to elliswift.com forward slash scale to six series. As always, thank you so much for being with us. I love you and I will see you here next week.